Blog Talk Radio. Okay, everybody, we have our next guest on board here. He's an award-winning filmmaker, journalist, and also the assistant professor at Wake Forest University's documentary film program. I'm just so pleased to talk to you, Christopher Zalewski. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, Christopher, you have this amazing documentary film uh, titled Theirs is the Kingdom. Uh, The film is streaming nationally on the PBS national platform, iTunes, and uh, I understand we'll be launching on several national platforms starting on May 1. So uh, I saw the film uh, last night. I was just so touched by it. So tell everyone... Theirs is the Kingdom is the title. Give us a synopsis of what this film, this documentary, is all about. Sure, sure. So the the film, it's a feature-length documentary. It follows the creation of a traditional fresco mural in the sanctuary of this small church. And, and you know, when I say fresco, your, your listeners' minds may go to, like, the Sistine Chapel or, yes. um, you know, maybe the Last Supper by Da Vinci. It's a really old art form that isn't really practiced much anymore. But there's this community of folks in Western North Carolina, which is where I was living at the time when, when I started production, um, that are still practicing this, this art, this art form, this technique. And so the film kind of follows the, uh, the creation of the fresco, explores this technique. Um, but also a big part of the film is that the, the fresco itself is depicting real people who live in Asheville, North Carolina, which is where the fresco is painted. Uh, who are battling homelessness, addiction, mental illness. And so you're kind of, you know, you're seeing how the fresco is created, but you're also meeting the people who are painted in the fresco throughout the film. Now, I understand, as you mentioned, that at the time you were living in the area, but how did you first connect, get connected with this homeless organization, uh, Hayward Street? How did you first get connected mm-hmm. with them? Yeah, Hay- Hayward Street Congregation. It's a it's a church um kind of on the perimeter of downtown Asheville. Um, I had known about the church. I was not a member there or, or anything, um, but it was actually the subject of mine from a from a previous film that I had made. She told me about this fresco that they were thinking about painting in, in their sanctuary, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool, and she had said there was some funding controversy surrounding it, and I thought, well, I'm going to go down and just kind of talk to the pastor, and, and they were doing kind of like this public talk back about the, about the artwork. And in the first, you know, 10 minutes of hearing um, the, the pastor talk about what the artwork meant to him and what it meant to, you know, the symbolism of it for the church, I was, I was hooked. And I thought that, um, you know, there's more of a story here than just this controversy. And, in fact, there certainly was. I mean, the funding controversy is just a blip in the film. It's much more about, um, you know, the symbolism of what this, this painting represents and hopefully uh, what it gets people to think about when they see it. Now, uh, that's that journalist part of you that I can sell a story mm-hmm. here. <laughs> I know what that is. Yeah, like. right. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, the featured uh, artist that's doing the, the actual artwork of the fresco is Christopher Holt. Tell us some more about him. Yeah, so Christopher is, um, I mean, he went to, he, he's from the western North Carolina region. He grew up in a town not too far from Asheville. Um, he went to UNC Chapel Hill, the Tar Heels, to, to study art. And um, he eventually found his way back to the mountains of North Carolina and found this guy named Ben Long. 
And Ben Long is kind of viewed as is kind of the the godfather of this contemporary fresco movement, certainly in North America. And he studied under Ben for a while. He actually served as an apprentice under Ben for you know nine or ten different large scale fresco murals. In this Haywood Street mural, this was the first one that he himself was the principal artist uh, uh, for. Okay. And so, um, you know, and that was another part of the production too. Is when I met Christopher. Him and I hit it off immediately, and I thought, you know, for me, I, I you know, I always say documentary filmmaking is, is uh, about interpersonal relationships as, as much as it is about anything. And so I, I immediately got along with him, and I thought, well, if I'm going to follow a three-year art process, I better, do, <laughs> I better enjoy myself, you know, who I'm following. And so um, there's a really a great guy and a, a wonderful artist, and so I feel, I feel really fortunate to be connected with him. Well, his work just uh, brings tears to your eyes to see, uh, as I don't want to give away too much, but uh, yeah. to see the people, the, the, the subject matter of the people, as they look at the, the, the artwork of themselves is just so touching. And your compassion, I mean, you've approached this topic of film with so much compassion and care it's from the very first uh opening it, it really is and of course Asheville is such a beautiful area anyway so you had all that artistry versus natural beauty so you had a lot of good canvas to work with there yeah right well thank you I, I appreciate you saying that it, it was you know when I when I think about uh, an idea and kind of vet it for whether or not it it would be a you know quote good documentary um certainly visual appeal is at the top of the list. And so this, this uh, film idea had all those elements, but, you know, from Asheville to the, the artwork to, you know, to all of that. But, um, you know, one thing I will say is that this was a different film for me from what I've done in the past. I, and one of the big things, or one of the big reasons why um, is that the, the art process is so slow that I would be sitting in a room a lot of times with the artist and with one of the models that he was sketching for, two, three, four hours sometimes. And so it, it really forced me to kind of put that journalism side of me um, aside. And, and I didn't have the, the list of questions or the agenda or kind of the, you know, what's the objective of this, of this filming session as much as I would just sit with folks for hours and just, and just hear their stories. And so it was, a, it was a pretty powerful process for me too as a filmmaker, and I'm, I'm, I hope that comes across in the film. It did with me for sure. Definitely so. Oh, great, great, you know, great. The, uh, you know, going back to the, the synopsis of this film, it is basically about this very talented artist doing frescoes of people who are having, I don't know about now, but were having a very hard time in life, homelessness, probably addiction issues as well, um, at the Haywood Street Congregations uh, Church. So having said that, was it a challenge to get these people to trust you as a filmmaker to share their stories, or, or what was that like? Yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, certainly for a few of them. There's about, there's about 30 people depicted in the actual fresco mural. So you're thinking, you know, 20 feet long, 10 feet tall. This is a, this is a large-scale scale mural. We couldn't include all of those folks in the documentary. We have about 11 of them. Um, but yeah, for many of them, and I totally get it, you know, I'm, I'm used to being behind the camera, you know, and, and a lot of times people share really, you know, uh, tragic, uh, stories with, with me. And, and it, I just am constantly amazed at, um, 
at how vulnerable people are willing to be. And so when I ask somebody to be part of a film uh, and they say no, that that is completely un- understandable response, right? And so a, a big part of this process was kind of you know going to the church without a camera and meeting people without putting a camera in their face at first and just talking with them and you know hearing their concerns, hearing their stories and and. If they needed more time, then I would give them more time. If they didn't want to be in the film, then they weren't in the film. It wasn't. It wasn't like I was trying to be uh, pushy with it uh, by any means. And and they were also kind of getting it on 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 both sides. And by that I mean that Christopher had to convince a lot of folks to be in the fresco. And then here I am saying, hey, do you also want to be part of a documentary? And so sometimes it took, you know, sometimes it took a little while to convince people. But fortunately, we we had a lot of time. It was a three year a three-year art process. So we have it, we have the time. Um, and a lot of it was just about, you know, gaining, gaining people's trust and, and, uh, and getting them to, to open up. Now, uh, were you finished with all filming before the pandemic shut down or how did that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the, the film is kind of bookended by this scene at the North Carolina Museum of Art, um, which actually, as a side note, is where we're screening the film this Saturday. Um, but we, um, we had that filming session, which was the last one for the whole, for the whole movie on March 5th, 2020. So it was, it was right before everything shut down. I mean, we're talking four days before the NBA canceled its season and things really shut down was our very last filming session. And so we really lucked out in that way. Um, we probably had maybe two or three more shoots that we would have liked to get, but really we got them at everything we needed and especially the, the main scene in my mind, right before everything shut down. So we really lucked mm-hmm. out. Yeah, you really did there. Um, timing was perfect. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Theirs is the Kingdom, the documentary, is streaming nationally on the PBS platform, iTunes, and other platforms starting May 1. What is it like um, having your project? Because, I mean, this is not, I want to mention this to listeners, this is not your first rodeo with national successful documentaries because um, you did the film Wagon Masters, which was acquired by PBS, Amazon, and other um, platform, so you're used to this, but for this particular topic and this particular film, what has it been like having all of the national attention? Because homelessness is a very unfortunate, sometimes sometimes it can be a very controversial touchy uh, topic with some people, politically speaking. So what's this been like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's, it's been a great process, really. I mean, it, it's had um, a lot more success compared to other films in terms of community screenings. We've done a lot of individual, you know, local screenings, either at um, churches or with, with organizations that usually deal with um, homeless populations or what have you. And so that's really been a great part of this film uh, that I haven't had as much success with in the past is, is doing a lot of these grassroots screenings to get the film in front of people who, who it really resonates with. Um, but I will say that it's it's been a great process because so many people have been, you know, really receptive to the film and the messages in the film, and, and different people will take away different things, you know, depending on where they are in their life. I mean, I, we do a lot of faith-based screenings because there are elements of faith in the film. Um, we also had a pretty successful film festival run that is, you know, very much not a faith-based uh, avenue, and so it's been a, it's been great, and I'm, I'm excited um, that it keeps 
keeps rolling out, and I, I really hope that it encourages people, if you're ever in western North Carolina, if you're ever in Asheville, to go by the church and see the fresco in real life. I mean, I tell people that I can't, the film cannot do justice to the real artwork, you know, when you actually go in and see this, you know, beautiful work of art. And so I hope it, it encourages people to go check it out in person. These uh, stories about the people uh, within the film are very personal. Uh, I was wondering, did making this project, did it impact you and your personal life in any way? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, I, I think, you know, any, uh, uh, especially with documentaries, I think, you know, most filmmakers kind of take something from every project that they work on. Um, you know, I mentioned it a little bit ago in terms of having that journalist mindset of having questions and everything. You know, everything had to be just so. Uh, that certainly had to be adapted for this film, and I and I think that I learned a lot of lessons, you know, from that. Um, I also think, you know, I mentioned this earlier, there's, you know, you have a storyline, which is the creation of the fresco. You have a storyline, which is the model stories. There's also a third storyline, which is kind of the theology of Haywood Street. Um, you know, I was raised Catholic in Northeast Ohio. When I left, um, when I left home, to go to college, I kind of stopped going to church, and I had a lot of, you know, questioning when it came to my faith. I, I, I think that this film kind of showed me, um, or this church at least, showed me a way of living, you know, faith through action, which is something that really resonated with me with this church. And so I think that's another thing that, that, I, that I'll take from this project as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things, too, I'm still so in the moment that maybe in a couple months, I'll reflect on it a little bit more, but th those are definitely two things that come to mind. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, among your many talents, uh, being a filmmaker, journalist, that you are also assistant professor at Wake Forest University's documentary film program, how in the world do you balance all of this? What, what is your schedule like on a typical day? <laughs> uh, I, I take on I take on projects that take a long time to finish. I guess that would be the <laughs> that would be the best way to say it. But yeah, I mean the the crazy thing was because of the schedule of this film in particular with the last shoot kind of wrapping up right before COVID, um, I had a lot of time to be at home and and to edit the film and you know uh, <laughs> it, it, I'm not I don't want to say it was a silver lining but it definitely kind of lent itself to the post-production phase of the film. And so I was teaching from home because we didn't have any classes in person and I was editing from home. And so it just kind of, uh, I don't know, this one kind of worked out in a weird way because of that. Well, now, uh, before we wrap this up, is there one particular story or person within Theirs is the Kingdom uh, that still resonates with you or, or what? Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of the stories that do. I, I mean, I, if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Jeanette, who is um, she's kind of a, a a sentinel figure of the painting itself, and she's also a big part of Haywood Street. And um, she has just a really wonderful story where she talks about volunteering at the church and somebody coming up to her and saying, you know, how would you know you've never been homeless? And she has this line back to the woman where she says you can't say what is a homeless look because there's a lot of people who look homeless that don't look like they're homeless. And for me, when she said that, that was always kind of like a, a guiding statement, a production philosophy in the film is that we're all going through something. We're all battling something. And so we have to, you know, approach one another with, with love and empathy and an open heart and an open mind. And I thought that Jeanette does such a great job um, kind of saying that in the film. 
And so do you know of any um, updates of some of the people from the film? Uh, what are they doing now or, or have their lives improved or changed or do you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I stay um, updated with a number of them. I mean, I know that um, a number of folks have moved from Asheville. A number of folks, unfortunately, have passed away. Oh. Um, you know, Jeanette, who I just mentioned, is still very active in the church. They actually um, – one of the they, the church itself just launched this big uh, campaign to build uh, affordable housing um, apartment complex in downtown Asheville to to get people off the streets into stable housing, and she's on the board of that project at Haywood Street. Um, but yeah, I stay in touch with them as much as I can. And some of them are easier to stay in touch with than others. Um, and now that I, I no longer live in Asheville, I'm not around the church as much as I used to be. But um, I do go back a good amount of time to, to the city that is in Asheville, and I try to go back and see people and, and stay in touch. And so what is next for you? You have already such an impressive list of successful documentaries on your resume, so to speak. So what's your next project? Well, we're, we're trying to figure that out now, actually. I mean, I have a couple that are in the, in the pre-production phase, we would say, uh, that we're trying to, you know, raise some more money and do some more, um, you know, just uh, investigating on different, on different topics. Um, but really right now my, my focus is trying to get this project out into the world as best I can. Um, I want, I want people to see it. And uh, that's a, you know, as I'm sure you're well aware, that's a, that's as time consuming as making the film sometimes is the distribution of it. So um, we're getting ready to start some new projects, but we're still trying to see this one all the way to the end. Well, you've got some great, uh, a great team here of PBS and iTunes and all of those uh, other platforms that are helping you guys get the word out uh, starting May 1. Everybody can see it. What about uh, social media uh, links and any uh, website information for There's is a Kingdom? Sure. So if you visit um, our website, which is There's is the Kingdom Film.com, we have information on there about uh, new streaming platforms and, and places as they as they come out, and then um, you can follow us on Instagram at Bears of the Kingdom. Can't get any better than that. Well, this is, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it, as I said. I just kind of got, well, more than one time. I'm quick to cry, so, but uh, <laughs> it was a, it's a good way because it was, as I said to you earlier, it was done with so much compassion, and, um, you know, it just kind of, you know, it just makes you reflect. It just does. Hmm. That's what good Well, I'm happy to hear that. Yes, well, you guys did a wonderful job. Oh, I'm going to ask you this. Do you know what's going on for your, your artist, uh, Christopher Holt? Anything that he's working on that you know of? He just finished a large mural at the uh, Children's Hospital in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh. And I believe he's been talking with some folks, not a fresco mural, but a, but a large-scale mural there. And I believe he's been talking with some folks maybe in Charlotte about a, a new fresco project. So fingers crossed that that happens. Oh, wow, he's a very talented very talented artist, as people will see once they tune in. PBS, Theirs is the Kingdom, starting May 1. So this Christopher, the filmmaker Christopher, thank you so much yeah. for chatting with this, giving me some behind-the-scenes information uh, about the making of Theirs is the Kingdom. And congratulations on the success of it. I already a success. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it, and thank you for talking with me. Okay. Have a great rest of the weekend. Alright, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. 
with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.